0: Hi folks, um, welcome to our Jet Cetra podcast. I'm sports editor Steve Lyons. Episode 26, I'm here with sports columnist Mike McIntyre. We've been off for a couple weeks, Mike. First I was on vacation, then our producer Jen Zerotti was on vacation. You are never on vacation. I was not on vacation <laughs> at all, nope. <laughs> you don't get vacation, Mike. <laughs> I'm afraid that things are starting again. Um, let's get right to it on that segue. Um, Jets opened the training camp yesterday, Monday, July the 13th.
1: Whoa. And, Not Friday. Um, they opened their last training camp Friday the 13th. Did they? September 13th. That's the day Dustin Bufflin said he was retiring. That's the day Christian Veselinan and Sammy Nuku got in a car accident. Uh, I wrote at the time that the Jets should never, ever start a training camp on Friday the 13th again, because of all the things. And if you look at what happened to them over the course of the year, it's like they were cursed.
0: Wow. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not a big believer Monday the 13th, in any,
1: any of that. No, I don't
0: believe in curses or anything like that personally, but go with True it. True
1: story. We had our house painted a couple of weeks ago and ladders were set up everywhere. <laughs> I refuse to walk under the ladder. You say you don't, I no, couldn't, my that. daughter actually said to me, did you just walk on it? And I'm like, no, I went around the ladder because I believe in that. And we have a bunch of black cats in our neighborhood too. So yeah, <laughs> lots of warning signs there. Holy shit.
0: I'd move if I was you. So anyway, so hockey is back. Um, maybe it's back. It opened training <laughs> for camp now. yesterday and you, my friend will get a vacation when hockey is over again. Um, thank you for stopping here. It's Tuesday July the 14th. We're in my office here at 1355 Mountain. You've been at the
1: Iceplex all day. Yeah. You're just, making a little pit stop just here. Just In between about- writing stories and yeah. doing Zoom interviews with players and watching... Uh- watching skates through foggy... I don't think we pay you enough. Do we pay you enough? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, <laughs> we can talk about that. I'll get my people to call your people. Yeah, like I have any say. In yeah. It. <laughs> uh, but it is nice. We're going to put the Jets back in Jet Setra a little bit, I guess. Yeah, we sure. Might have, as well. The Jets are back in town. Yeah, and they're yeah. Skating let's talk about them, yeah. Well, they're all skating except for four Jets, Steve. Was there four today that weren't skating? Same four as yesterday. They Did were they the COVID? Um, they got the plague? Well, oh, I can't tell you <laughs> if they have a groin pole If they have indigestion, if they have ingrown toenails, or if they have COVID. Because all the NHL will say and all the teams will say about their missing players is that they are unfit to practice, which um, I now have something in common with Lauren Bressois, (laughs) Anthony (laughs) Boteto, Logan Stanley, and Nelson Oje. I, too, am unfit for an NHL practice, Uh, and so are those four guys. you're fit to cover it. I'm fit to cover it, Sure. Uh, We don't know why they're skating. That's part of the agreement that they struck between the players in the league was to have like top secret stealth. Nobody's going to know anything. And to me, it actually invites speculation, doesn't it? I mean, if you're one of those four players or all four of those guys that weren't skating today and... And you just have a, a sore muscle or something. I mean, do you want people thinking that, oh, they must have COVID. That's why they're not on the ice. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, what it's intended to do and what it's actually going to do might be two very different things. But
0: uh, Well, you know, it, it's it's interesting that the NHL has gone this way. Kind of interesting. Um, the disclosure of injuries and what they are, um, what has been the last five or six years, we've had the upper body and the lower right. body injuries and there's been no real transparency on, uh, you know, what injuries are.
1: Remember when Nikolai Ehlers was out with malaise? <laughs> malaise, yeah, like that yes. wasn't the and, and then we general malaise. Somebody actually asked, malaise? is that upper body or lower <laughs> body malaise? And and I, my fav, my new favorite, is um, general body soreness. Which, I mean, anybody probably north of 40 years of age suffers from general body soreness, especially in the morning. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I mean, it has gotten more and more vague, which is interesting. I know, well, our former columnist here at the Free Press, uh, Paul Wiesick, he used to... Uh, be big into looking at some of the the betting issues surrounding pro sports right there is that belief that how can teams actually give less shouldn't they have to give more information if in the interests of transparency and especially betting lines you look at the nfl they're actually very transparent because there's so much money on the line in nfl gambling right like well i don't know that the leagues are getting any money from this are they well, there are partnerships now. there are deals for sure, and the NFL—that's new, right? I right. mean, yeah, yeah. the NFL—they've—they've they've got all sort of. They say when guys are probable or when yeah. guys, and, and they have to say what is ailing them. We seem to be going the other way in the NHL, which, yeah, uh, eventually it's just—I mean—they're not even going to acknowledge that a player isn't there. Oh, he's not there. Are you sure about that?
0: Yeah, the release of information, of course, uh, you know, is not great. Uh, particularly here in Winnipeg, and we've talked about this lots of times, how True North is super secret with, uh, you know, giving out information about what's going on within the organization. And they they started this very early on, you know, prior to even getting an NHL franchise. One of the mistakes that um, that Jim Balsillie, is that how you say yeah. it? And his He blabbed his mouth. The
1: Blackberry guy. Yeah,
0: nonstop about how there was going to be an NHL team in Hamilton, Hamilton and then there wasn't and and so Mark Chipman was advised very early from what I'm told by our one of our other former columnist Gary Lawless was that Mark was advised very early on in the process of trying to get an NHL team to zip it um, and you know to keep quiet about things and and he did that right until the day I mean the they had a press conference announced to announce the team coming back, and he was still non-committal <laughs> as to whether it was actually happening. Right. So, um, and then since that time, True North has has been very, very tight-lipped about anything. Uh, sometimes I think they go, and I've said this many times, they go far too overboard on it. That it's not, this is not state secret stuff. Do you know what I mean? They're loving this. They're loving the new podcast. I think it's a disservice to the fans. I I really, I do. It it really is. I mean, people are paying good money to know about what's going on with the team. So sometimes I think, but I also understand, I understand some of it, but not all of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, but so they're they're all skating except for four of them. Uh, there's twenty nine ish guys that have been out at the iceplex the last couple of days and will continue to be at the iceplex for the next couple of weeks before they they head off to the hub city of uh, of Edmonton. And one of the themes that keeps coming up. When I've heard that that's a common term,
0: right? Hub city, Hub Edmonton. city of Edmonton.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the theme seems to be that I'm a huge fan of Edmonton, that that yeah. we, uh, <laughs> they just got to get to the bubble and then things will probably be okay. Like it's between now and arriving in the bubble. That's everybody's kind of holding their collective breath that, that this can happen without incident. I think if they all get to the bubble, Virtually unscathed from COVID, that this probably has a very good shot of of seeing yeah, it through I don't to, think to the end. Some of the
0: some of the I was talking to our, my boss and uh, Paul Cimin about yes. this yesterday, and he's questioning why are all these rules and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, they have in Winnipeg. We don't have any COVID here, and I my understanding is that the rules are standard across the league. Right. Um, some of the league the some of the rules that are in place. I, I don't see. A possibility that there's going to be a problem here in Winnipeg no. right do you know what
1: I mean but but if this, you're in Sunrise Florida yeah, where the Texas Florida Panthers whatever, right? are or Dallas, or, yeah, right? Dallas. You know, yeah. uh, so yeah. you're right it is across yeah. the board and yeah. Andrew Kopp said as much the other day when we talked to him on the weekend that he said and he's taking COVID very seriously but he said this might all be overboard in, in terms of what we're doing here in Winnipeg, in Winnipeg yeah. but the ultimate theme here is better safe than sorry <laughs> All right, folks, we're back for the second period of our Jet Setra podcast. I'm sports editor
0: Steve Lines, and as usual, I'm joined on this Tuesday afternoon, uh, this sunny July afternoon. Up. Yeah, it's a nice day today by uh, sports columnist Mike McIntyre, who has stopped by the office here to visit with me uh, after being at the Iceplex watching Jets training camp. Uh, Mike, we mentioned a little bit about the roster in the first period, so... Brian Little is not on the roster. He still is injured with uh, getting the puck to the head from Nikolai Ehlers. That's a long injury. It is. Christian Veselainen was not on the roster. Um, that was an interesting uh, decision. Um, but otherwise, um, it's basically the roster that um, was playing very, very well in March. They were, you know, they were they were uh, a real tough team to play against and looked like a, a, a team that was going to be dangerous in the playoffs. I
1: guess the big question here is can they, can they pick up where they left off? Well, and to me, it's going to come down to can Connor Hellebuck pick up where he left off because, right. I mean – Uh, So many games this past season, it was Connor Hellebuck versus the world and Hellebuck came out on top of a lot of those games. I still think back to that game November 1st, San Jose was, was down in San Jose there for that one. That's the game the Jets had no business. They should have been blown out of the shark tank. They were outshot 52 to 15, yeah, it was 50 or like something like that. Yeah, yeah. And they win 3-2 and Connor Hellebuck uh, should have been the first, second and third star that night. That actually set the stage for a heck of a November. The Jets then won the next night in Vegas and actually played really well. And then they had a, a great month in November that kind of got them into the playoff position that they sort of maintained all year. Uh, by the way, fr- this Friday is when the Vesna trophy finalists will be announced and Connor Hellebuck's name will absolutely be on the, the list of finalists. He also should win the award. We won't find out the winners though for a while. Uh, but can Connor Elabuck just kind of go right back into the net four months, five months after he last saw you know real live action and and do what he's what he's been doing? I guess. If you're a Jets fan, you can say, well, maybe they don't need Hellebuck to steal them games as much now because they do have a deeper roster than they did. especially So as everybody else, though. Sure, they yeah. do. I guess for me, the biggest issue that... One of the reasons Hellebuck was under siege so many nights is the defense in front of them was AHL quality at, at various points this year. Uh, the, the Dylan DeMello trade addition that was made just before the deadline in February to me, really shored up the Jets' blue line. It, it moves some guys down, like Tucker Pullman, who shouldn't have been on the first pair, but he was. Now right. he's on the third pair with Nathan Beaulieu, right. a more than serviceable third pair. Um, DeMello is playing with Josh Morrissey. That's a much more natural kind of shutdown pair. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know that anybody is going to have momentum when they drop the puck August 1st in Edmonton and Toronto. Like, is there such a thing? Um, Is there any momentum? Some of the teams have had a little longer these the Phase One sure. training camps.
0: I don't know personally that that gives anybody momentum because it was a maximum
1: of what five, six, six at first, guys? and then yeah, twelve yeah. the last couple of weeks. So, but I don't know that. No, that, and, and again, there were no so coaches chats? out there. Right. Like they were. Just guys skating. They were just horsing right? around, and, right? And
0: the Jets guys have been skating. They have just not here together. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. it's
1: all. It would be an advantage for sure if if the thirty whatever Jet players at Iceplex were all stepping on the ice for the first time since March, right. and other teams have been skating since. Do we beginning. know?
0: Is there anybody who hadn't been skating? Nikolai
1: Ehlers told me yesterday. I asked him because he's been in Denmark, and he said that they have almost no ice in Denmark in the summer. Uh, he said between mid-March and this week, he skated twice. Oh. So that's not a lot. Right. Um, so he'd be one of the few that... That's not a guy that we'd really worry about it, though, I don't think. No, they... in fact, Nikolai Ehlers said, um, if anything, his legs have yeah. never been fresher. Right. He's a guy who uses his legs. Right. Like, he was almost predicting, I'm going to be faster than ever, uh, which I guess if you're the Jets is a good thing. He said, normally by the end of the year, my legs are kind of worn down and... And we've seen Nikolai Ehlers, the guy has yet to score a playoff goal, right, in his career. Still? Through two playoffs. Yeah, he's over. Uh, He's kind of vanished. And there's a guy that could be, we'll probably write about that over the next couple of weeks as we head towards uh, the playoffs. Nikolai Ehlers could be a wild card kind of player. If he could actually have a, a bit of a breakthrough, that would be welcome. So I don't think there's an advantage for guys that were skating in these clusters like Looking at what they're doing now at Iceplex, today was definitely a step up over Monday. And Paul Maurice told us today we're going to keep kind of putting our foot on the gas. They'll probably take a day off this weekend. But yeah,
0: so I, I th- you're right. I think it's like a even kind of an even playing field for everyone. Um, no actual home ice advantage. No. Here's a good quote I heard. Uh, here's one of sports sports cliché mm-hmm. you will not be hearing for a while. We just wanted to take
1: the crowd out of the game. <laughs> 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 Thank God for that, uh because that is a bit of a tired cliche. Yes, the crowd has been taken. COVID has taken the crowd, <laughs> the crowd out of the has game. Been taken
0: out of the game. Yeah.
1: You know, I don't know if you saw. It's making the rounds on social media. I guess some season ticket holders or whatever in some markets. I think New York was one of them. They've been sent something by their teams. Like they're encouraging them to record themselves, wow. chanting certain things. The NHL hasn't tipped its hand on. Like what this is going to sound like, like whether they have piped in well, noise during the games, right? They and going to have anything in the stands. That's what know? I mean. Yeah. I think there may be stuff piped in in the arena. I, I think like after a goal, it's safe to say there's going to be noise piped in for the broadcast at home. We've seen that even with. Uh, German soccer, they pipe in chants and it adds to the atmosphere. I think we can anticipate that for if you're watching on TV, but what's it going to be like in the rink? And I, I actually wonder, are they gonna, are they gonna have a guy there like on the on a keyboard that's hitting all kinds of buttons, you know, depending on what's happening on the ice to make the players feel at home? Are they gonna play music? I mean, it's just <laughs> like if, in if between. yeah, otherwise it's going to be deathly silent. Yeah. Well, and that's yeah. you know, I'm, I'm going to be in those. The Roger's watching right, that. I wish to say that. So that, yeah. uh,
0: you are going to Edmonton. The hub, uh, yes. You're going to be there for the Winnipeg Free Press covering this uh, for
1: our uh, loyal subscribers. And uh, you're looking forward to that? I am, yeah. Um. I'm, I'm looking forward to it a lot more than I would be if the hub it's was... It's in Edmonton, I remind Las you. ...Las Vegas, Vegas. I yeah. You. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't kid. mind Edmonton. <laughs> Edmonton is is like Winnipeg, right? There's a lot of similarities there. They have a bigger mall, I guess which I won't be stepping foot in, by the way. Um, I mean, Edmonton is Winnipeg with a mall, with with the West Edmonton. A little bit. And a newer arena and a bigger arena, which is why they're a hub city. A lot of people said, why wouldn't Winnipeg be a good hub city? We probably would have been the best hub city in terms of the number of COVID cases, uh, but we we didn't have have the the infrastructure. But Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm very curious to see what it all looks and sounds and feels like two days into training camp, it's definitely... An unusual feel to it all and I suspect when we get to Edmonton it's going to be even more so. All right folks we're back for the third period of our Jet Cetra podcast.
0: Since the Jets are back this will actually be the Setra part of our uh, podcast where we talk about things other than the Jets. Mike, a couple of uh, notes here um, for our listeners. Um, I'm not sure what you would call them but I've been getting lots of calls from people lately uh readers wondering when we're going to have stats yes in our paper they want to see the golf scores uh they want to see the gold ice box scores uh they, they also want to, want to see, see the horse race
1: listings horse i've got a results. lot of those yeah
0: so yeah. okay so uh folks if you're listening and um are you? Is there anybody there? Okay. Um, we stopped publishing a stats page um, when COVID hit because there was no stats. It would all look the same. You just published the same stats a, Yeah, a white space. Yeah, it would have been the same standings, et cetera, et cetera. So... Early into the pandemic, we stopped publishing a stats page. We've been waiting. Then, you know, a few sports started to trickle in, you know, some soccer, some NASCAR. Korean baseball. uh, Korean baseball. (laughs) That wasn't enough to get us to. No, it wasn't. The PGA golf was maybe, you know what I mean? Because people love the golf course um, and the horse racing, et cetera, et cetera. So for all of you who are listening, who like the stats page, it will be returning July the 20th, which is Monday. Beautiful. So Sunday, there's lots of sports and we'll have a. About a half a page of agate. One. We
1: call it agate here. Yeah, I was going to say, what, what's the, where'd that term come from? No idea. Why do we call it agate? No idea.
0: Hmm. Agate is a uh, is a measurement on a line gauge. Right. Um, can you see that, folks? It's a line <laughs> gauge I have in my hand. It's holding a ruler. It's a metal ruler. It's called a line gauge. And then agate measurement. I don't know what that means yeah. either, though, Mike. But it was a measurement on a page um, for laying out pages. Um, we'll have to, you know what, I, we have to do some research out, on yeah, this.
1: The origin of Agate, maybe agate. we could do a feature story or something well, uh, we could Saturday do special. a um, 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 uh, f- quick little story about the Agate and and a, and a young Mike McIntyre when I was just a wee little a uh, l- wee little boy. Uh, we used to subscribe, of course, to the Winnipeg Free Press. Thanks, mom and dad. And I used to, um, when I was like six, seven years old, I vividly remember uh, spreading the newspaper out on the living room floor at my parents' house. And especially the sports section. And I would pour through. I loved reading the stats from you know the batting averages. I used to read all the baseball box scores. And that actually got me really interested in math. I was not a math whiz, but I really enjoyed math as a kid. And a big part of that was reading the numbers in, in sports and like in the free press, just looking at the box scores. And I used to keep my own lists and charts. I was a bit of a nerd, I guess. Well, what
0: kind of, so so when I was a kid, I did this similar kind of thing. I loved the agate page, the stats yeah. page. I poured over it just like you did. And what I used to do is I used to have all these scribblers where I would keep track of all the teams and their score, and yep. I'd use check marks and names, or whatever. You did this too? So you I know, actually, one other believe it or not, I,
1: had, I, I remember drawing the logo of every NHL <laughs> team. I then had the standings. Uh, taped on my wall and I would move them around as teams move around. I would also have the NHL scoring leaders. I'd like write I'd make my own list that I'd tape to my wall. I'd have the names and the points wow. and then after each night's games I'd actually go to the paper. Okay, of course there wasn't social media there. So who got how many points last night? You'd pour through it. You'd update your numbers and move them around on the wall. So yeah, I wonder how many kids out there uh, so okay, I'll do,
0: I'll tell you a really good agate story here. One more. Yeah, um, I was uh, taking a French course at the University of Winnipeg in 1986. Uh, I was going to the U of W and the U of M, taking some courses at each school, right. and I was working as a DJ in the bars. Uh, that's what I used to do while DJ, I was going to university. DJ yeah, spinning discs. Yeah, DVL or downtown bars. Yeah, Brandys was a place that I did did a Brandy's. lot of spinning discs. Yeah. Um, for those of you who were around in the eighties, there was Brandy's and Benjamin's and yeah. Bogart's and, and there was another B Broadway's at the Hotel Fort area. They were all the B's and we'd go to the B bars, right? I mean, BCW's? Uh, that was a place too. That was a little later. That's we used more to do karaoke. Yeah. There. The BCW's. Yeah. And they had the, they had the thing on the roof or whatever. I used to go there after the track. So anyways, I'm taking this French course. I'd come back from Montreal on a train trip and I wanted to learn a little bit better French. So I took this French course at UW. And I was sitting beside this guy, kind of became friends with him. His name was Barry Herexi. And, um, and I was telling him this story about my stats, scribblers, and all this or whatever, somehow, one day. I don't yeah. know why I'm telling him <laughs> this story. And he says to me, he says, oh, wow, you love stats that much? And I go, yeah, yeah, I just always really loved it. He says, it's a funny story. He says, you know, I work at the Winnipeg Sun in the sports department, and we've got this part-time job where we need a guy to help us do the stats every second Saturday. Would you be interested in something like that? And I said, yeah, that would be cool. So um, I show up <laughs> to do this thing at the Winnipeg Sun, right? Do you know what I mean? And um, uh, that very first night, the sports editor at the time, he sent me for beer to Lincoln and um, he called me into the office. That's when they could drink in the office, This is how That's it used, to, how office, it used right? to be. Yeah. used to drink in the office. Yeah, he called me into his office, and there was had this stack of empties in his office, and he goes, Hey, do you like beer? And I go, Uh, yeah. And he says, Take these empties over to the Lincoln and get us some beer and bring it back. So I sat there, and I drank some beer with him. His name was Jim Ketchison, and, and a news editor named Mark Stevens, and um, who
1: hired me at the
0: Winnipeg Sun. Yeah, Sun's and so market. anyways... Uh, it's, Few weeks later I got an internship. I was as as a sports reporter. But it started with a
1: chat in a bar?
0: It started with that started with the chat in this French class. Or this, is French my class. Career, Sorry. this is how my career
1: started. That's yeah. me. I mean if yeah. that doesn't happen, are you even sitting here today? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Who knows what you're doing there? No, I know exactly. Well, I wanted to you be a You might be DJ. a French teacher I wanted to be or a DJ. A DJ.
0: No, I, my goal was to be a DJ. i had taken a course at the National Institute of Broadcasting. And I was, I mean, I was, take, I, I was taking English. I, I never took journalism. I took English and film. Right. I was a film major at the University of uh, Manitoba. And I thought maybe I was going to be a director or something like that. Oh. But yeah so and here i am like that's quite an years origin story yeah, indeed
1: so. yeah so good news then that it's coming back uh, next monday <laughs> and <laughs> there'll be lots of agate, agate 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 In the words of some folks yeah, yeah. so to fill the pages looking forward to it Hi,
0: folks. We're back for the overtime period of our Jet Setra podcast. <laughs> Not sure that anybody wants any overtime after that long story, do they? It's like, oh, my God. How did that guy get Gone off job? the rails a little bit. Yeah, in a good way. Anyways, sure. we were on uh, vacation for a couple of weeks. I went biking. Mike, We were. you want? You asked about this right. in the Right. When we
1: laughed, episode 25, you were on the way to clear So I got lake. two
0: bike stories. First of all, if any of you folks haven't been out to Bison Butte here in Winnipeg, I went this past weekend there's a mountain biking, biking trail over near Fort White that was built for the 2017 Canada Summer Games. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It is so much fun. And you, you get up on the top of this this hill and you can go down these trails. There's trails around the lake, et cetera, et cetera, wow. et cetera. It was developed and designed by a guy named Alex Mann, who I met just while I was on vacation, um, I did some biking out in Riding Mountain. Not in a French class? You and no, it? not in a French class. But <laughs> 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 I shouldn't even tell you why I was taking a French class. But anyways, um, they're just north of Riding Mountain and south of Dauphin. They've developed a place called Northgate. And they have these amazing mountain biking trails there too. And he also designed this new biking place at Assissippi where you take a chair lift up, right. and then you ride down. Now, I didn't get to do that. Yeah, when we last Just talked, we I got had there. suggested you strap a GoPro to your head. I and had the GoPro ready oh to go goodness. and everything. And, and then, then you rained. literally rained yeah, on your parade. Yeah, we had these floods out there and yeah. all that. Or, yeah, so, um, th- yeah, so I'll tell you what. I've been really, really pleasantly surprised um, this year. I've really done some exploring. For biking in Manitoba, and there's some really, really great places to go. But I highly recommend the Parklands region. I'm going to do a travel story on yeah. that for the paper. Yeah,
1: it's amazing because you would never think Manitoba and mountain biking. Well, they have they got go... the
0: Manitoba escarpment, so it's built. Yeah. The, this trail out there is built right into the escarpment, and they've used the terrain really nicely. There's great gorges and and all kinds of things. I mean, it's it's just a beautiful terrain, and so they're trying to become like the hub of uh, There's that word again. Yes. The hub of mountain biking for Central Canada, anywhere between... You know, the Rockies and kind right. of Southern Ontario. Yeah.
1: Well, you saw a beautiful escarpment. I did as well, not on holidays, but uh, the day before Canada Day, I actually went out to Granite Hills oh, yeah, and yeah. played right. a round of golf. how would that out. go? It was, uh, it, it was six balls I lost that day. That's, I mean, it? that's it. Yeah, not too bad. Is that I think good? five of them were on the I don't front line. Oh, is nine. that good? Well, that course, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it is narrow and like you hit your ball anywhere uh, off track and you're not even looking for it because it is dense forest um the day we played i believe it was 33 degrees and with nice. the humidity was like 42 like yeah. and it was a sauna <laughs> it felt like you were in a rainforest <laughs> it was oh yeah uh definitely and you you have to take a cart you can't walk that course because it's just too long and there's so much uh, room between holes and everything but yeah I shot a, a 103 which I was actually really happy with a 103 there to me was like probably a low 90s at a lot of other courses so uh, it was a beautiful uh, course to see if people haven't been out that way it's a bit of a hike 40 well no more than that about an hour and 15 minutes I guess from the north tip Easy. of the city it's
0: like a commute in yeah Toronto but uh, it was uh, it's a drive it was, from the airport in Edmonton it is
1: that's true <laughs> uh i'll be driving to edmonton for the hub city which uh so i won't have the airport commute but yeah Insert that's rolling eyes emoji here anyways yeah i'm not sure why they built that airport <laughs> they thought the, the city was going to grow that big oh well yeah <laughs> swing and a miss there um <laughs> they
0: did they I, built the mall and they built the airport all like geez. that they thought the city yeah was gonna
1: i mean there is uh <laughs> there is some development out there but it's still nowhere near edmonton so 100 years from now yeah one golf story before we go Um, and back to the agate for
0: just a bit. Got a call this morning from a a loyal subscriber named June. June June is 92 years old and she's been taking the paper for 60 years. Like, oh my God. That's amazing. Can you imagine? So, you know, kudos to her and thank you for everybody who takes the paper. So she was the one calling about the golf. She was one of the, the latest one calling about the golf stores today. So she loves playing golf. Until she was 82, she won the Senior Manitoba Golf Championship, Senior Ladies, at eighty-two years old, she shot an eighty-one and an eighty-two. She beat her age at Hecla to win the championship.
1: That's amazing! Can you believe that to shoot an eighty-one at That's eighty-two? Amazing, man. Uh, good on her. And She still plays her. No, she's no. Some of her legs, and yeah, knees
0: yeah. or whatever, given out or whatever. But she sounded great at ninety-two. And so, um, I'm always just so inspired to, to to chat with those people like that and to listen to elderly people like yeah. that who are
1: still shout out to it's canadian golfers i just saw actually earlier today first time in history did you know that there are four canadians that are within the top 100 yeah, on the on the world that, rankings yeah. that's never happened yeah. ever wow. before so that's uh that's kind of cool canadian golf is uh is in pretty good shape right now right on As okay golf Mike, courses.
0: thank you for stopping here today and visiting um, we'll see you next Tuesday. Next Still Tuesday, here next yeah, Tuesday. I'll be I'll then be here. Tuesday,
1: you'll be in Edmonton. Then we'll be doing them from uh, Hub Cities. We'll uh, looking forward to it. Hub City. <laughs> Bye, folks.
0: Thanks.